As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome into another episode of the One of These Years podcast. I am Chris Burke, uh, coming to you live from Radio Row here at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis, joined by Nick Baumgartner, who's, what are, you, are you watching on TV? What's the, what's your strategy for this week? No one's done anything yet, uh, as they've staggered this whole thing, so uh, yes, I will be watching on TV, Did but I'm not on out, Radio Row. Stay up till 2 a.m. last night drinking bourbon in uh, solidarity no. with everyone here. Or, no. <laughs> okay. Did you? Did you? Is that was was that was it well, a long night last night? Uh, <laughs> on uh, Wednesday night. Wednesday I, night at the combine. I told myself I was going to do one, uh, okay. one yeah. night. So last <laughs> night was my night, and now today I feel like I'm going to die. Yeah. So, I was going to say today's uh, probably not doing so well. I can't do uh, more than one anymore. I used to do like the whole week in my younger days. I was going to say. Uh, I think the first time I went there. Um, yeah, it was probably every day. <laughs> it was probably the whole way. Cause I remember coming home being like, Oh my God, like, this, was, <laughs> this is horrible. I can never do this again. But yeah, no, I, I don't think I could do one now. Yeah. We've talked about this on road trips before that. Cause the first, I got in Monday night and someone asked me out mm-hmm. to dinner, do drinks and stuff. And that mm-hmm. first yeah, right. night when you get away from like the kids at home, like I went yeah. to bed at like eight forty-five. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's just that's, out. That's yeah. I'm at bed at like seven fifteen. Oh. The minute I get to the hotel, yeah. I need my rest. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. So, but anyway, we have anyway. had some some things going on a little bit. Anyway, you guys did <laughs> talk to uh, Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes, and I, I the quarterbacks will throw tonight. Yep. Uh, as we record here on Thursday, um, which will be of note. And I I want to start. We'll get into the quarterbacks here in a second, but I do want to start, Chris, with um, Campbell and Holmes. I guess we'll start with Holmes. Um, and sort of your impressions from, you know, because this is always kind of a big spot for the GMs. to get a lot of questions here, sometimes from local, sometimes not. Um, just sort of your impressions on how he sort of answered all of that. And if there was anything in there, I mean, they don't tip their hand much. But if there's anything there we can glean from uh, from that session. I don't think he really tipped his hand at all. He seemed yeah. pretty polished. He never does. With, I, don't, I don't know if polished is the word or cautious, or but it's... He, Cautious you, is the word, like, I think. Yeah. He was because he did the NFL Network. He did an inter- interview with the NFL Network that morning before he met with us, and then we had some time with him uh, off the record. And then he did his podium session, which obviously was on the record. And all the stuff was whatever he said in the NFL Network was pretty much word for word every time he get asked those questions the rest of the day. Right. So yeah, he's got his talking points. He's not going to really give anything away at this point. Um, 
you know, and, and people tried on the draft, tried on Trey Flowers and and some of these guys that they have to make contract decisions on. At Tracy Walker, they might have made one on. Jamal Williams out here tweeting. I saw that, yeah. <laughs> there, uh, yeah, right. Sending things up uh, on Instagram. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't think we were learned a whole lot from him. I don't know if you, uh, how much you had a chance to go back and, and listen or look at uh, his press conference, but. Yeah, I, I saw a lot of it was, you know, you wrote about the free agency piece that, you know, does he does he spend, does he not spend? And he talked about, you know, again, I want to build through the draft. I want to maintain that plan and that process, which which I thought, you know, again, expected to hear that. But again, it's always good to hear, I think, things of that nature. I think that was more that they're continuing sort of nothing's changed here. We, we really like where we're at with everything that was sort of foundational. I'm not sure who said this. Maybe it was Campbell. Maybe it was Holmes uh, noted the piece or maybe it was somebody else along the way about the offensive line and how excited they are about where they are there and everything else. But I mean, like, yeah, not a lot, I guess, for him to talk about, really. I guess right now it's other than, you know, you've got to hit this draft out of the park. I, I, I mean, that's more or less what, what's on his plate at the moment. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what else co- came up that was um, overly surprising for Holmes. Well, that, but, uh, yeah. The offensive line thing you mentioned is interesting because that was Ben Johnson. Um, yeah, okay. Which this was, was the first time, yeah. and he didn't do a podium session. He just did a little small group with the Detroit right. media down here. Uh, but that's the first time we've talked to him since the Senior Bowl. And in between now and then and now, he was named offensive coordinator officially. So, um, but he, yeah, I thought the uh, what he said about the offensive line, someone asked him, you know, right. have you gone back and self scouted last year? You know, what was your biggest takeaway, whatever the question was? And he said, I think our offensive line can be not just good, but dominant. And he said all five of those pieces up front. And so in my head, I'm thinking, well, is that, do you just tell us Vitae's going to be sticking around? Uh, because it sounds like they want to keep that count- continuity up there. And so that's a lot of what this week is too, is just sort of trying to read between the lines on yeah, any little I, nugget you get. And I, to me, I think that one makes sense. We've talked about does, that one before, yeah. keeping that whole thing together and maybe actually seeing what it looks like with the five starters in place. Right, because we still haven't seen that, and that was the thing to carry over from last year, that it hadn't been there yet, and obviously we'll see what he does with his contract. I can't imagine it'll be the same, but, like, you know, the question there, too, is, you know, you like the five pieces. I mean, and, and, that, and that obviously could include Vitae right now if they think he's part of that conversation, but my question, I guess, for this draft would be almost like, and somebody brought it up on Twitter several weeks ago, you know, do you – overcommit almost to being elite right now and like invest high in a guard or something and be like, we are going to just be dominant right now. Screw it. We're just going all in on this. Or do you sort of like wait and see and not spend another pick? You know, that's something I am sort of interested in to see because they have a lot right now. They have a lot of picks. They have a lot of options and a lot of things they could do. And, you know, Vitae could be a good bridge, I think, maybe to a younger player if you want to spend some time on somebody. I think it's a good class too, uh, you know. Obviously, with and that's the other there. thing. It's a good but class with interior guys. A lot of guards in this for class day two and day three, though. Too. I mean, I don't think you have to go get one on day right. one. So, I mean, I think you can yeah, wait and get way. a swing guy on day three mm-hmm. who upgrades you over Tommy Kramer or even Matt oh, Nelson. Yeah, you know, gets you someone time. who can play inside yeah. out, and and that's your guy in twenty twenty three or whatever. Uh, so, like, I think you could that, find a starter. Yeah, uh, on day two, no problem, and I think you probably could on day three as well. I mean, in this draft, because it, it, the interior guys, and I think that's becoming a thing more and more as we see in football. I think more guys are starting to cross train, and they see how valuable that is. And so I do wonder if maybe you know Holmes has picked up on that trend if they wait. But it's like been something that I've thought about a lot. It's like 
because we saw so many of the senior bowl, right? And it's like, and they're all there at the combine. And you, you see those guys walk around. You're like, my God, one of these guys with those, with those four would be pretty good. <laughs> right, it would be yeah. pretty good. But the point comes up. It's like if you, you don't want to necessarily take that pick and invest it in an area of strength, that's already an area of strength when you can take it when it's so valuable and put it somewhere else. So I understand that part of it, too. It's just interesting to, uh, to think about. Yeah, I mean, I'm sitting here next to uh, Dane Brugler, our uh, draft mm-hmm. expert, so I can ask him if he's got any uh, <laughs> any, any plans for any, the Lions on day three. See what, he, see what he's thinking. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, that was that was a big one um, yeah. for me, I think, was Ben Johnson saying that. I, yeah, I mean, Holmes, I didn't get a whole lot of. Campbell... Uh, yeah, I wrote about the, I wrote about the, the one that keeps coming up. I mean, they right. have. It's really, and I mentioned this in the story. It's really unusual for a team to say out loud, "Our priority this offseason is this." <laughs> and the Lions yeah. keep saying, "You know, what do you need? Well, we need an X receiver." Okay, <laughs> that's it. You know, so I, I got to go get wondering, one. You know what I'm wondering here, like. Because he said that I, I he got asked about his like message with the team too. Are they recruiting a little bit? I wonder if they're recruiting a little bit too. You know, like I wonder if that's. I I, I mean, he's they've talked about free agency in in ways of like we're not going to be ridiculous with it, we're not going to be stupid, but you know, if the right sort of whatever, and I wonder if they're recruiting for like a discount. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean. I wonder if they're like in some weird ways. You know, obviously you're going to look at the draft too, but I have, you mentioned that and it made me think just now again, because it reminded me the other day, because I saw Campbell's whole, well, he he had the thing at the podium where he walked away after he said his whole mantra about what the Lions are going to be. And I'm like, I wonder if they're recruiting, you know, or, or, you know, putting it out there like, hey, if you're a guy that thinks he's been overlooked or whatever, same kind of thing as they did last year, but maybe do it right this time, you know, or do it better. I don't know. It's well, that was though. that was like, right at the know. end of his press conference, and they said, "All right, he's done. Thanks, Dan." And he started to walk off. And <laughs> someone said, "Well, right. can we get one more in?" And then he came back and did his his yeah. stump speech that they show <laughs> before games. You know about uh, we're not right. going to cower from anyone and and uh, whatever it was. Yeah. You know, we want to be aggressive. We respect them, but we don't fear anyone. And right, if you come to Detroit, you got to be gritty. And so I think you're right. I mean, I think there certainly is some of that. Some of that recruiting, I mean, again, as we've talked about, I think some of that is just like, oh, here's my opening, and that's just how. Well, yeah, right. That's mouth. just what he's like, going to say. That's just how yeah, he right. talks. So that's just a default um, answer. Like, yeah, he wasn't ready to say anything else. Right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, I don't know that we've gotten a whole lot of clarity thus far on the number two pick setup. Um, Hutchinson and Thibodeau are in for media sessions Friday morning, and then they work out over the weekend. Uh, Kyle Hamilton is the day after them with the media. So he's right. I guess he works out Sunday or Monday. Um, offensive line was in today. I don't know if we're looking at those guys at this point, wide receivers. Uh, I still Malik think Willis. it's, you know, well, I mean, okay. So I still, before <laughs> we get into the quarterbacks, I still think that this has got to be, and based on all things that have been said and all things that we know um, about Campbell, I still think this has got to be Hutchinson or, Hamilton or Kayvon. That's almost the order I would I would say that it goes in at the moment here, right? I, I, I that's how I I haven't heard anything that would change my mind. I'll, I'll say that I haven't heard anything that would change my mind from from thinking that's the Lions' like sort of preferred. Maybe when they went into Indy here, maybe that changes after the week. But that's like when everybody talks about what do you think they'll do it too? It's like well, I still think that's I haven't heard anything to suggest that that would be the my thoughts on the change in their preference. Cause I'm, are you, are you in line with me on that? Cause I mean, I still think that that's where we settled when we did the mock a couple weeks ago. And I don't yeah. think I've changed my mind on that. 
No, I mean, I can't. I, I've said two before. I can't shake Willis. <laughs> just, well, I mean, we yeah, fair and enough. I can't fair shake enough. the offensive line idea. Just like oh, he's way number one. He's number one by a wide margin. Whoever it is, Evan Neal's number yeah. one, and it's not even close. So right, let's take him and figure it out. Uh, I don't think that's the preference, but I think it's a no. possibility. I mean, I, I think you're right in terms of those rankings. I mean, I, I guess I did want to ask you about Hutchinson because you've been around him, yeah. you've covered him at, at Michigan. Obviously, um, you got a good feel for his personality. Is he a guy, I know he got into the NIL world, as everyone yeah. else has in college football now. Like, what? what's your feel for kind of how yeah, he'll approach actually, being a number, uh, the face of a franchise type guy? Like, is he, That's actually a really good question, and, it's because it, and we have some information on that that maybe we can share here. Because Hutchinson, to my knowledge, you know, because this speaks to his football, I think, approach and everything else. He had the ability, I think, this year to make like a fortune almost, a mini fortune in NIL, and he and he didn't. He like declined my my understanding is, is he declined most of it because it was going to take too much of his time. And it was like, I don't want to spend time on this stuff. Some of it I think he did do if it was like easy or whatever, but I, I think that a lot of it was I don't want to do it. I'm I want to play football and I want to max out this year. That was my whole, that was his whole thing. So it's interesting you bring that up about like, how would you handle being a number two pick? I think he would be fine for the most part, but I think for all the reasons the Lions would love him, that's why they would love him. Because like, <laughs> like, I don't think he would care. He'd be a lot like Sewell. I think he would be so much like we've seen from Sewell. I think Aiden and Sewell are, are similar. Hutchinson's probably louder maybe in, in public than Sewell is. I think Sewell is, you know, more reserved in public and Louder in the locker room, though, as we've heard from everybody, like Sewell is not a guy who's going to, you know, he's the energy giver. Yeah. And I think Aiden's a lot like that, too. I, you're, We're going to hear a lot of stuff, of course, about, you know, nitpicking on him. And that's going to start this week. And it already has, I'm sure. But, you know, I still think you're not, You're. it's going to be a tough case for me to look at this draft class and see a better top to bottom player to person fit. Than yeah. what they have there. I mean, it just it just seems perfect. And so, so the, would, I don't know how Campbell would be able to lie his way out of that if somebody directly asked sure. him that question, right? You know what I mean? Like, well, and that's and I think that's one of the interesting subplots of that Hutchinson Thibodeau discussion yeah. because Thibodeau was one of the guys who led the NIL push in college this year. Like, he was one of the first guys out front. He had a bunch of endorsement deals, and he's got some stuff. I know he's working on some things off the field that are certainly very commendable like I, he wants to open awesome a school yeah. for underprivileged youth right, out right. in his hometown yeah. like that's incredible like some of that stuff that like trey flowers and things have, have worked on over the years that yeah you know people love about about those players so but uh, yeah i know I, <laughs> I, if they take him over hutchinson i think we'd have to sort of reset a little bit what the expectations are from a personality standpoint for what Dan Campbell wants, if that makes sense. Like, I think that yeah. there's a pretty different, they feel like two different, very different personalities. Yes. And not that Hutchinson's is better than Thibodeau's or Thibodeau's is better right. than Hutchinson, but they're very different for maybe how the Lions, how Dan Campbell would get along with them, I guess. Um, You're right. I think that's a great point. Um, and I think it's like, I've thought about that a lot too, because with, it's been weird with Thibodeau, right? Because People have had that, like, well, you know, we have questions. And I'm like, well, what questions? Like, what? I mean, if you have questions about, like, his game, 
Sure. Okay. But, you know, I, uh, we, you know, and we've read this, people have questions and this, that, and the other. And it's clearly comes back to, like you just mentioned, you know, he has interests off the field that are awesome, you know, are like really well, you know, well worth your time interests um, that are going to take away time, I suppose, in theory from, from football. And that's how some talent people will look at it. But I, I would think from the Lions standpoint, though, that, you know, I don't think that would necessarily ding him because it's not like he's taking that time to, he doesn't want to spend time. I got, I'm going to open a restaurant and like, you know, <laughs> right. I'm going to spend my rookie year yeah. managing a steakhouse, Europe, right. you know, or whatever. Like, no, I mean, he's, these are like long range plans. A lot of times when, when he gets asked questions, he'll give answers that, you know, are feature his like long range thoughts. He reminds me a lot of when we used to talk to uh, Winovich at Michigan and, and it would come up a lot with him. Like people would question, does he really like football? And I'd be like, yeah, I'm pretty sure he does. He loves it. But well, he talks about all this other stuff. I'm like, yeah, you could love multiple things. I think that that's possible. So I would hate for that to be a topic of conversation with a kid like this, but it will be. And, you know, oh, I, sure. I, I, I do wonder, you know, how all that goes. But I also think that, you know, Detroit is in a pretty unique spot here in that, you know, they have a teammate of his in Sewell. They have pretty good intel, I would think, into that program, um, into Kayvon, into the whole thing. So I would think they'd have that pretty well scouted. I think the Lions are in pretty good position here to make the best decision between those two players if it comes down to that, because you have Hutchinson right down the road and you have insight and intel into Oregon's program and everything else. So, you know, we'll see where they go with it. I wouldn't rule anything out, but everything we've heard just suggests that Hutchinson would tip it over the top. And it wouldn't necessarily be because Thibodeau did anything wrong. It would just be more from Aiden. I think that's what it feels like to me right now, but I mean, we'll see where it goes. Do you read into... So this was the one that everyone jumped on from when Campbell talked, uh, that he said yeah. they're going to play more when he was announcing the yeah, coaching the adjustments. Yeah. You know, Calvin Shepard's going inside, uh, and Todd Walsh, the defensive line coach, is going to take on some more responsibilities. Um, he said they're going to play more four down. They're going to look more like a four down front yeah. than a three down front. And everyone kind of freaked out, and he well. got asked about it again <laughs> in his presser, and he said, Every, "What you guys are making too big a deal of this. Did we played okay, four yeah, down right. last year. They did it all we, the time. Yeah, we, I was gonna say. <laughs> it's not like we've never done this before. Um, but do you read anything into that either for, I guess, the Hutchinson-Thibodeau debate? You know, does one fit if they're right. shifting to a 4-3, four, 4-2-5? Four, do you like one better than the other? And then the rest of the defense, if that's what they're going to be. I, I mean, it personally, it jumped out to me more for what – they would need at linebacker because he yes. talked about we need to go downhill with our linebackers and so right. I'm looking at the board there and we that's keep talking sad. about these rangy guys yeah and that maybe that's not who they want <laughs> so so they need what this means to me or what I think what it means is so you know you're going to be less multiple in terms of you're even and odd they were both of course last year but when you're talking about being able to go back and forth and they will continue to do that like everybody does um, you know, the outside linebacker in that situation is Hutchinson or Thibodeau or Trey Flowers, um, as we see, or Julian O'Quara, maybe in this, in this, whatever you want to do. I mean, you, the more of those guys, Thibodeau would be another one like that. The more of those guys that you have, the better, because you can move them all over the place. You know, the, the more positional versatility. And I, I assume that's why that's, you know, Campbell and Glenn's thoughts on this is that, you know, the, the more we talked about it all year, it was like, They've got a lot of guys up there that can move around. They're, they're starting to find some, right? They're starting to find more anyway. And they've got some interesting edge guys that are more pass rush than they are drop and cover linebackers. So maybe it makes more sense to be, 
you know, more focused on let's get more playmakers on the line on the field. And if one of them is a, you know, we'll see if he's a hybrid, he, he moves up and sort of like that Jack linebacker position that uh, Patricia used to use. So long story short there, I, I think that that to me doesn't really change how I think about anything that they're viewing. I think the top pick there, the edge defender, Hutchinson or Thibodeau would work exactly what they need him to do. And also to the linebacker piece, I still think it's about, you know, you got to get somebody that can, that can play in the stack, Yeah. but also they've got to be able to cover. So like, that's the thing where he says downhill. Yeah. But like, (laughs) if he can't cover, then he can't play. (laughs) So, you know, that's the other part of it. I actually was surprised more people didn't freak out when he started talking about the linebackers like that. Cause the way he described it sounded like Patricia. Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, oh, oh no, yeah, we right. just want guys that are going to lower their shoulder yeah. and run as hard as they can and hit whatever's in front of them and don't worry about anything else. And I, right. I don't think that's what he meant. No, um, I think he I think it was more an admission that they weren't physical enough because, you know, we always they, go back no. to that conversation we had with Aaron Glenn yeah. way back, you know, last year at this time. And he was talking about needing linebackers that could take on blocks and then, exactly. you know, shed them and get down the line and make plays. And I don't think they did nearly enough of that. So I think that that's more what he means. <laughs> and I would say, and I would say that Barnes is still suited to be sure. a guy that can get there. Whereas as we talked about with Aaron last year, Anzalone is, it, you know, just is, I mean, the shoulder, everything else, like that's a weakness in his game. And I think maybe that you're right. Maybe that's what he's, we need to be less, completely coveragey and you know we need to be more in the middle I, I guess you know in terms of that but I still think that that's what you're looking for you're still looking for help on the you know an explosive game wrecker on the edge who can make you multiple and then a really good stack linebacker and that seems like it's a priority and I think that you know it should be because obviously they're in great need there you also mentioned the quarterbacks start throwing a few hours after Tonight, we're taping yeah. here Thursday night. I'll be in the building for that right, first yeah. group, which is... <laughs> here we go. I guess I, guess I think I picked, <laughs> I picked the wrong group, I think. The oh, second, you did? Oh, God. Wait, you the, screwed this up? Oh. The, late, the, late group, the late group is Pickett, Ritter, Carson Strong, Willis, Zappi. Um, which Who's I, in the first group? The first group is... Uh, Corral, who's not throwing. Oh, jeez. Uh, Here we go. Sam Howell, okay, Derek well. King, uh, Jack Cohn, Dustin Crum from Kent State, uh, oh, Caleb Ellaby from Western, God. and Cole Kelly from yeah, you picked the wrong Southeastern one. Louisiana. <laughs> well, I only had one or two names. They only I, when I signed up, they said, yeah, "Here's a couple." One? They said, "Corral's thrown in the second first group. Howell's in the first group." And mm-hmm. Pickett's going to be in the second group. I was like, well, I already saw Pickett. I already saw. You know, right, that's saw true. We already saw Bowl. Willis too. Saw that's Pickett fair. and Willis and Strong. I'm like, yeah. all right, well, give me the first group. We'll that's see who fair. else is in there. Yeah, not that's not. A, but the, it is, you know, it's alphabetical. So I guess I could have gone it's and not, figured this out on my own. This is but, not a deep uh, class. Okay, but yeah, folks. so you know, yeah. but some of those guys will be interesting <laughs> enough. So you know, they're throwing yeah. to the wide receivers, of course, which is maybe a right. more more interest to the Lions at this point. Um, but. What are you looking for as they hit the field there? Any of these, like, is there anything from these quarterbacks that you're going to see that say, okay, well, yeah. he's in the mix for him now? You're looking at, and for, you know, it's, you know, I suppose for me, Willis and Pickett are still the guys. I mean, Howell, you know, had a better senior bowl than I think I thought he would have had. Uh, but I still am not all the way there with him. Um, and we can talk about range and everything else, but in terms of guys that I, I like just like guys that I think have a chance. 
I would like to see Pickett and Willis go out there and just make every throw. Just be as accurate as you can possibly be. That's what you're trying to do, you know, in this drill. And unlike, you know, and we talked about this before the combine a couple months ago, just you and I talking, like, unlike last year, and I guess maybe the year before to a degree, but unlike last, no, I guess the year before was different, but unlike last year when these quarterbacks got to plan their workouts and, you know, like show up at their own facility and have their own receivers and have everything else, like this is now an opportunity again for the quarterbacks to go and, be uncomfortable and prove that you can be good when you're uncomfortable. And like, this is how you make moves at the combine. If you're a quarterback, you can't miss throws pickets, accuracy, and just make every single one of them. Right. Like if you're, if you're just working on 10 yard outs, don't miss them. You know? And I think that was the thing with Willis a couple weeks ago too, when it was, when we were looking at him and mobile and it was, I landed on, I, I'm, I think he'll be ready faster than I originally thought, but he still needs time. And it's like, well, you know, how much time? And I think that's still the question that you're asking is like, can he be accurate consistently without hiccups? Yes. Okay. Now we're talking like, no, then I don't really, I'm not comfortable here. And I think that's kind of what you're looking at, you know, from these guys tonight. I ask you the same thing though, because I mean, this is, it's not nothing. These workouts are, you know, they're, they don't look like a lot, but you know, they're not, they're important, you know, for a lot of reasons. And I'm, I'm sort of curious for what you're looking at here. Yeah, I mean, I, that accuracy thing is is interesting because I've heard, um, even just talking to someone yesterday, uh, you know, one of the NFL front office folks saying, um, you know, if they don't have accuracy, it's hard for us to see him being like hard for us to see him finding that accuracy in the right. NFL if they didn't have 100%. it in college. And so you kind of go back through these guys, and uh, you know, that crosses off quite a few names. It does if, you, if it you're. Does. If you're just going out that criteria. So I do think that that's important. I mean, I think I'm in- also interested, like I said, I won't see, uh, I guess, really, other than Howell, any of the guys that we saw in, um, in Mobile would go back and watch it on TV. So I, I guess I'm just curious to see how they look compared to that. Because yes. Willis's arm blew everyone away in Mobile. And right. some of these, you know, I, I didn't think Zappy was as good and, and some of this stuff. So you just sort of see how it compares. This will be twice now that we've seen them in mm-hmm. a matter of a few weeks. And so you see if they're progressing and all that. Um, and it's competitive, you know, yeah, I mean, they're, right. you know, it's competitive. I mean, it, it, unlike, you know, and again, that's what we lost with, you know, COVID in the, you know, and it was a unique experience last year with the pro days watching everybody. And some of those guys put on like a show, but I couldn't help but think every time I'm like, this is not like it is at the combine. It's different. The pressure, you got Belichick sitting up there with the binoculars, staring you down, like everything on top of you. So, you know, yeah, perform under the lights and make all the throws. That's what yeah. you're looking for. Like, don't be a mess. Yeah. How many times have we seen that where a guy goes through a stretch, you know, in these drills where it's like, oh, my God. Like, right. What right. just happened? Yeah, every right? year. Every year. Yeah, there's one like, or two. Yeah. And, like, say what you want about a guy like Baker Mayfield, right? And everybody has their opinions of him and, you know, fair enough. But, you know, he made the jump he made and solidified himself as the pick that he was at by going to the combine and making every single throw. He didn't miss anything. Like, that was his whole thing that whole week, and he was as confident as could be. If you go out and do that, you know, then then you're in the conversation. And I think that for a team like the Lions, they, are, they don't have to draft a quarterback. But if one is there that they love and could fall in love with, then maybe they should take a deep look at this. And I think that's, you know, that's the next question I would have for you is, and we've talked about this some, it, it, what would one of these guys have to do to be in play for at two realistically for you here or is that even for me i don't think that's possible right i don't don't know i mean like i said i don't know that i can totally rule it out but 
to me, I think we're probably talking about, is there a guy that they're going to trade up into the 20s to get? Yeah. Right. Or, or and the thing we probably should talk more about, they don't have a backup. <laughs> I think they'd prefer to also, yeah. whether he's the backup or the number three, I think their preference uh-huh. is to still like slow play it with a guy that they draft. And that's why that's the biggest reason I, I can't get there at two beyond just what this quarterback crop looks like is I still think that the, they're pretty comfortable with golf and figuring it out as they go here. And so that's, right, you know, no if you, we talk about draft and develop there, that, that maybe is more some of these other guys like Caleb Ellaby from Western is you're not going to play him in year one, but maybe he's interesting. If you, you, bring him along or Derek King's doing wide receiver drills and quarterback drills, I think down here. So I don't know. I mean, there's a handful of those guys. Yeah. It always depends on like, how far do you wait? Right. And this is a unique year because is there going to be a run on these guys? And I think that's what tonight maybe helps us learn, right? Like if these guys go out there and light it up, like if Willis and Pickett just have like a hell of a night and everyone's like, holy shit, you know, and if they are going to go suddenly in the top 15 and there's a run on quarterbacks, Yes, then I think it changes. But, like, I think there's a situation that could happen here where maybe the Lions don't have to trade back up. What if these guys don't look so awesome, awesome and they're, and you know, yeah. and you're sitting there in the second round and they're sitting there? I mean, I think that that's another possibility that, you know, has to be on the board that we have talked about, you know, since yeah. the start of this whole winter. Well, but I mean, the know. conversation later on is, I mean, you can't. I don't think you can wait till round five and pick. No, sorry, they're doing like heavy construction on the bench oh, press fine. area over here <laughs> behind me. So, uh, um, the joys of recording yeah, live the drills, on site. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think you're t- waiting no round five to take a to take a guy that you think is going to supplant Jared Goff. But right now, yeah. but maybe he bumps Tim Boyle or David Blau off be. the roster. Like you still that could be. That's the yeah. thing that is really. That's a good point. Surprised me over the past four or five years, really, is that like they drafted Brad Kaya the one year in like the sixth round, and they drafted Jake Rudock, but like they didn't really commit to, uh, you know, finding like a really exciting draft and develop guy just yeah. to see like and someone who was a dual threat too, you know, just to see right. what he can he can do. Let's give him small. time. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. And so I think that that to me. You know, I don't know that that changes your outlook long term to go get one of those guys, but uh, it'd be interesting if if they maybe they fall in love with someone like that, like a, you know, I don't Skyler yeah. Thompson at Kansas State or something like someone that yeah just gives you something different than what you have right now. Yeah, because I think you could. You know, I think you have the ability to sort of do that. You have that's the thing that's that's the thing that we've talked about. Like there's there's a luxury in in not having to be in a rush. There's a luxury in not having to. There's no gun to their head. You know, they're not the Colts. <laughs> you know, no. you know, you know, they're not in a situation Carson, where right? Carson Wentz shirts are uh, on sale at the mall, by yeah, the way. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, well. like, it's not it's not like they're in just like a do or die scenario here where they have to do something. And so, you know, I yeah, I mean, I think that it's twofold or really a, a couple different ways you could go about it. But I, I think it b- would behoove them, obviously, to really do a deep full, you know, not just like to use, like you said, not just on the top three or four, but if, if you're, if you're looking at a guy who at worst case scenario, you take him in the fifth or sixth and he's your backup for the next, like, you know, four years. Okay. 
Like, there's nothing wrong with that. And maybe he develops into something more. Well, you have a need for that, too, because I think that that's also something that they, you know, as we said, Tim Boyle, that didn't work out. So, like, I mean, (laughs) there's a need there, too. So I, you know, it's an interesting scenario or situation, but I just it's going to be a lot about. I think personality, the thing that the decision on a quarterback, if they take a quarterback in this class, right, it's I think it's going to be as much about do they like him? Because I think we know what we know about them as players right now. You know, right. I, I I do. I I think Pickett has a chance. I think Willis has a chance. I still have to get there on Howell. Corral, I'm not as high on as others. And after that, it gets questionable. You know, Ritter, questionable. Zappy, questionable. But do you love these? You know, and that's where it's like, what do other teams think of them? Where are they going to land? I have no idea. I'm not convinced that they're going to go that high still. You know, I we say that all the time, though, and then it always ends up happening. So... <laughs> I guess I guess we'll see, but I know that'll impact it. You know, just where these guys fall. Yeah, I mean, I will add there are a lot of teams here that Everyone don't know what is happening at quarterback next year. Well, that's what I want <laughs> so. to talk to you too about today because it's like there's a lot going on across the league at quarterback right now, and it's like it truly is a quarterback carousel. And like, if you're the Lions, I mean, you're not. You're not in an awesome situation because you don't have your guy, obviously, right? You're not in any right. a, you're not, a situation you that I don't even call advantageous, right? Right, but like, but you're not maybe in the worst scenario or situation. I guess I don't. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's I've I've been given new light a little bit to a degree, not great light, but some light on. Okay, well, maybe this isn't the worst possible scenario of all time here uh, that they're in, but you know, it yeah. could be worse. Well, I guess. and a teaser that that's kind of along the lines of what I'm going to write after I go watch the quarterbacks tonight mm-hmm. because I think that that is something that's come up this week and I don't know you know I'm sure the Lions fans for the most part are tighter of hearing like well things are things could yeah. be worse at quarterback like, <laughs> yeah, great thanks yeah, a lot they really good. appreciate yeah, right. it uh, but I think that that's really something that has jumped out here just the sheer and, yeah. and like we knew it I think you know just looking around the league at who has free agents and What's right. Russell Wilson doing? What's Aaron Rodgers doing? Like, there's enough of these out there that, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of circle a bunch of teams and say, okay, well, how are they going to fix this? Um, right. But there is, and I think that this is, you know, people got upset about the contract extension or restructuring for golf last year, but this is part of why they gave themselves two years because I think they were looking ahead to this year and saying, right. it's going to be weird around the league. Let's have something. We're stable now. So... Mm-hmm. Is Goff the best player uh, that we're ever going to see? No, but we also right. don't have to jump in with ten other teams now, right? And we're like, not I, committed to the fight. I yeah, cannot right. tell you how many times I've heard Mitchell Trubisky's friggin' name down here. <laughs> his agent must just be working his ass off, man. Well, I mean, it's desperation season, right? Like everybody, yes, I agree. It's weird. Everything right now is weird. Uh, you have a lot of teams that are going to be looking for completely new. The offseason could be wild, and it's all going to start with those, you know, if those quarterbacks move, what other teams do, that that changes other teams' needs via the draft, that changes other teams' whatever you want to do via trade, everything else. And I look at all of these things, and I say to myself, the Lions are not committed to any fight in terms of they have to do X, Y, or Z. Which puts them, I would think, in terms of just the draft and being able to manage the draft and manage all of that, I would think that puts them in a really good spot here. You know, all things considered, right? Like, cause it's like, you're just not in, they don't have to do anything. 
Don't well, I have to do anything. Right. And if you didn't, if you did not have golf right now, mm-hmm. I don't. I honestly don't even know what the fix would be, <laughs> frankly. Mm-hmm. But I think we'd be talking a lot more about them like having to take a quarterback in the top five or top ten or wherever because you don't probably. have one, someone. So yeah, you'd be, you'd be probably more of a topic of conversation that they wouldn't be able to ignore. Golf is just. Right? I mean, I don't know. He gives them time, and he's a bridge. He's a true bridge guy that you're going to have to go through pain to get there, and the Lions have already gone through some of their pain. But, like, this is kind of one of the reasons why you do that, I think, right? Like, one of the reasons why you commit to building through the draft, and you commit to not committing until you're really ready to do it because you're not in a situation where you have to do something because you have a window that's closing, and, you know, if you can't get Like, the Colts are the ultimate scenario of – the nightmare and some of that is beyond their control <laughs> with the luck thing and some of that is right. fully in their control as we've seen now because you know they traded for Stafford last year they're not we're not having this conversation right so I mean like that's it just makes people do weird things as we've seen and yeah I mean it's definitely something to watch uh, I think as we go forward here yeah sure. I mean I and I again I understand the lack of enthusiasm about saying well golf's they're pretty yeah, comfortable right. with golf like I mean like you go get breakfast in the morning, you've got you want some cereal, and there's like only what what's a tarot like cornflakes? Yeah, like like corn that's the only yeah. option you got in there. Like, all right, well, I guess, I I'll guess this it. is yeah. what I'll have. Yeah, right, yeah, right. It's better than not eating breakfast. Yeah, right. So that's sort of where they're at. Which is yeah. okay. And some people would say <laughs> I would just pass on breakfast, then, but breakfast. you can't because you have to have a quarterback. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, look, I, I I still think they're in an okay position there. As long as you don't do anything crazy. And that's where, you know, that's where the decision comes in for them. It's, you know, if, if you like one of these guys, great. But you don't have to fall in love with one. You don't have to do it. There's no reason to jump the gun. But if you don't do, as we've said, you better have one next year that you love. And right. You and that's them. that's the difficulty of this conversation. You've got yes. to do it at some point. You have right. to figure it out. You have like a year to figure it out. And right. if you're better this year, if you think you're going to win eight games this year or whatever, I don't. How are you getting that quarterback? How are you getting CJ Stroud next year? Yeah, right. <laughs> you're doing what the Rams did, so, and you have to be ready to do that. And I think that that's a conversation they need to be having with themselves right now, and probably something that they need to be probably should have been talking about, and maybe they have been for you know several weeks and months. It's that you know you should be spending as much time scouting, you know. Bryce Young, Stroud, all these guys in, in next year's class to make sure that, you know, if we don't take a guy here, is one of these guys <laughs> going to be worthy of us giving all of our picks up for? Because that's what we're going to have to do. You're going to have to go get somebody at some point, like you said. Yeah. Because it, it's not <laughs> – unless Goff turns into a pro bowler next year, which I don't think any of us are predicting, that's not going to be the guy. The quarterback for this team is that they're building right now is – someone that's going to be drafted. Right. That's how it's going to go. That's, and that's almost also how, how it has to go. Right. So, that's also yeah. how you'd want to do it, though, right? I think. All the I way. I think. Yes. Two Your years, leader, two years of think, really good drafts, and then you go spend for the this guy. This is still football, and your leader still has to be the quarterback who sort of grows with the team, I think, to a degree. And I think Campbell and those guys understand that. And I, yeah, I think it can't be piecemealed, as we've seen. It just can't. So... You got to do it at some point. I think they know that. I don't think that it's something that they're ignoring. I think that they're trying not to play their hand. I think a lot of times we get questions from people that are like, why don't they ever talk? You know, I'm like, I just don't think they're trying to say anything. Right. 
you know, to make to, you know, because Campbell, as we've talked about so many times, is just a horrible liar. Campbell will say something. And, for yeah. Sure. <laughs> so I think he just decides, OK, I'm just not going to say anything because I can't do this. I can't control myself from giving up information. So that's why they don't say anything. And I think that it would be impossible to have all those people in that room and not, you know, have these conversations going on every single day about, you know, the long term quarterback situation. But, yeah, I guess we'll see. I don't know. Definitely interesting. I, I I don't know if there's enough a guy can do here either. You know, like that's the thing. It's it almost feels like to me it's if they if there's going to be a guy they're taking in this draft, like yeah they they know right now if they want one of them or not. I mean we've kind of already seen enough about what you know where they're at with their position of what you know what they need. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Okay, so we uh, talked quarterbacks. I I wrote this week about the wide receivers because that was the other thing. I was wandering through the press room here on wide receiver day. <laughs> like, yeah, Christian Watson. Oh looks my god, like he's uh, uh, NFL ready. And then Traylon oh Burks god. is down yeah. the way, and Drake uh, Drake London, London yeah. and uh, Jamison Williams comes in, and then you know they didn't even have room. Like Jalen Tolbert, who's a guy I think we both like, and who the Lions liked. They didn't even yeah. have room for him at the main press conference Jeez. podiums. He's down at the side table. Uh, Garrett Wilson. You haven't even mentioned Wilson. Garrett Wilson, Olave. Like, it's yeah, absurd. And God. so I was sitting there. They've said, as we mentioned, they've said time and again, we've got to find an X. And they could do that in free agency, I think. There's some guys left to pay for, but there's some guys. Or they can do it in the draft. But I don't know. Is that it? Is that all they need? I, and I sort of posed that question on the site this week. You know, could they take two and just have a super young receiving core and not worry about that position for a while? So I don't know. Do you, I, I, how do you fill out this receiving core if they, let's say, we know St. Brown's going to be back. We know they like Cephas. Get me to five from there. <laughs> I like this class at the top, but my concern has been. You know, I don't know how long they're going to last. I don't know if there's going to be a run on them. And, you know, I'm okay with if they're not, you know, especially if they're not 
in on a quarterback, I guess. That would be my, you know, caveat here, I suppose. Like, if they're not in on a quarterback this year, they're not going to take one. And if you're on your uh, first, second round pick, let's say, and you've taken an edge and you've taken a linebacker or safety or something, and Garrett Wilson or Olave or one of these guys is still somehow on the board or Burks, then yes, let's do that. Like, that would be the move, I would think, at that point, because... My concern, though, has been, I don't know if they're going to make it. I don't know if the guys at the top, like you mentioned, those top, top guys. Tolbert is a guy I think that we thought should be there. Watkins, possibly. Um, but, you know, you saw some of the tests or some of the measurement numbers today. Um, like, my God, like this is already looks ridiculous on London and Burks. I mean, they could be, I don't know where they're going to go. They could be top 15 picks. I, you know, I really don't know that. So if they go high and it pushes some other guys down the board, what if like Garrett Wilson falls? All of a sudden, we're having a different conversation here, you know? So I don't know if that's impossible, but it made me think about it today when I saw some of the measurements come in. Maybe I'm jumping the gun, but, you know, like, I mean, and you mentioned it there, like the, the whole room's filled with, you know, possible stud X receivers that could all be there, but maybe not. I don't know. I just, it's hard for me to project where they're all going to go because receiver, it's tricky. Like every team, I feel like has a different sort of philosophy on what they want to do there, you know? Like it's hard. And the X is a guy that you got to pay usually, right? Like, so that's usually how it ends up working out anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that was my follow-up just from a football you know, uh, terminology yeah. standpoint, you know, because we, we say X and in Detroit, you're right. like, oh, well, who's going to, who here looks like Calvin Johnson? <laughs> who looks like Mar- <laughs> Who looks like Marvin Jones? Like, that's what we think of yeah. usually when we talk about X receivers. Garrett Wilson's not built like those guys. No. Chris Olave is not built like those guys. So can you make an X? Can you take one of those guys and have him be your X? Or can you work the your scheme so that that guy fills the lead dog role? Or do you have to have Burks? <laughs> you have to have well, a 6'4 guy who can go just jump over people in the red zone. I don't think you do. Um, I think if, if that's what you want, the, you know, specifically, then that's a different conversation. But I, I don't think they do. I think they can maintain uh, positional versatility there to a degree. And, you know, your X, your X receiver to me is just a guy who, you know, at the end of the day, he needs to be able to beat people over the top. So, I mean, that's obviously part of the component. If you can't do that, then you can't you can't be an X. But by the same token, like in some offenses, Deshaun Jackson could have been an X because he could beat right. people over the top. Right, right. you so, can have a speed X, right. So, right. So, really, I think what you're looking for is a guy who can beat people over the top, but also a guy who's a willing frontside blocker who's going to be able to beat people off press and get, you know, get off physical coverage, get off the other team's best corner, and just be a physical presence. That can come in several different packages. And, you know, a guy like Garrett Wilson couldn't do that, but he can also play Z and he can also play in the slot. Like, there are receivers that are coming up now through college um, that are true, you know, they, and St. Brown is like this to a degree. If he was one inch taller, two inches taller, you know, <laughs> right. like, I mean, we'd be having a different conversation about him, but like he, I think to a degree can play all three in their offense, depending on the personnel that they want. I think that there's something to be said about going out and seeing if you can find another Amon Ross St. Brown and putting him in there and saying like, let's just put those two together for a minute with yeah. Cephas and you know if another X comes out in free agency that we like we'll go that way or maybe we'll look down maybe the it's road. Reynolds maybe you just right. let Reynolds do a little bit more of that this maybe year maybe that's yeah. what you do but you know that's that's where I kind of come at it from and say you know I, I think that there's a, a lot of those guys up there can be an X for what they want to do and it doesn't have to be 
the 6'4", 215, 220-pound dude. Yeah. Who just, you know, it doesn't have to be that, you know. So, because to me, that guy gives you – that guy better be a complete badass because he gives you no positional versatility. You know what I mean? So, he and if he is, then awesome. But, you know, he's only playing the X and he's not moving and he's not fooling anybody. You know what I mean? Like, so, when I look at receivers in today's game, like, I really think that that – being able to move guys around is so important and you got to have guys that can, that can kind of line up all over the place, especially in an offense like this, when you're going to attack, you know, with your ground game. So we'll see where they go with it, but I like a lot of guys in this class for them, you know, and it's just, I don't know if they're going to be here. Speaking of uh, your, your guy, George Pickens uh, said he's going to run a four, three, said he's going to run a four, three at one ninety five six three. So a lot of people, a lot of guys, a lot of guys say that, but we'll see. Somebody, one of the Georgia writers, from somewhere down there, tweeted out a practice catch that he made. <laughs> One-handed. Did you see this? No. You got to go Google that when we're done here. And everyone <laughs> else at home, Google it. I can't remember who did it. One of the 24-7 arrivals uh, writers down at Georgia uh, asked him, asked Pickens, which catch would you, if you had to pick one catch to show any NFL scout, which would it be? He said either his big catch against Cincinnati or one practice catch that he made one-handed, and it was like the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. I so, have seen people retweeting out the, uh, yeah. the block against Michigan. Yeah, where he where told he Michigan just, sideline to shut up. <laughs> just killed whoever that cornerback yeah. was on that play. I, um, that. I think it was Daxton Hill. So, like, hey, there you go. Well. Like, I mean, uh, yeah, George Pickens, another one. I mean, like, this is another good class. We say it every year, but, like, that's – the best athletes in football want to play receiver, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> it's no secret. So I mean, like, yeah. well, ben, ben Johnson talked a little bit about the X thing too, because I, you know, I again, I think the you hear that, and the the initial reaction is, okay, well, who's the biggest, strongest receiver out there? Right. Can we get that guy? And, guy? and and he yeah. said, you know, it doesn't have to be that. It has to be a guy who can who can just create enough mismatches from that spot where you are forcing defenses to roll coverage to that side. Exactly. You know, you just, so if it's a speed guy, that's does the same thing to some extent, right. you know, and it has to be, he has to be someone who also can win in the red zone, which is something that they really, he, you know, Johnson said that was one of their biggest things they need to get better at. They were bad in the red zone last year and their run yeah. efficiency went way down. And a lot of that is because, no one was afraid of the receivers. Right, they don't have up. any playmakers. <laughs> so <laughs> you need a guy who you can just like. Who was their fade guy in the red zone last year? Hawkinson when he was healthy, I guess. But right. you don't have well, a guy who's yeah. just going to go up and get it necessarily. And so I think that that is if you have a six foot guy who has four four speed and great body control in the air, mm-hmm. that can be an X. It doesn't have to be six five, yep. right? So yeah, I think that the world's kind of open, but. I, I don't know. Would you be shocked if they took someone at 32, whoever it is, mm-hmm. and then came back and took another one later in the draft at wide receiver? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I don't think I'd be shocked because I think that that <laughs> would, would be a bad use of resources. You know, and I don't know if it would be. I don't I don't I don't know that it would that it would be. No, because you look at if you like because we've talked about this before. Holmes is track record with receivers, which now includes Amon Ross St. Brown, is really good. It's yeah. good. Like, you know, I think we can say that at this point. So if you're going to take a premium guy that you, you know, you like up there, you say he's going to be a starter for us tomorrow. And if you're Holmes and you're confident in a guy that you know no one else is going to grab in round five or six, yes, I would say absolutely do that. I, I have no problem with that for the reasons, for two reasons. One, I think, you know, they don't have enough on the roster right now to necessitate not doing that. Uh, 
three reasons I'll give you. Two, they have enough picks. And three, we just said it, Holmes' track record with scouting, drafting, and understanding what he needs to find, mm-hmm. you know, what matters in a wide receiver. He he is he seems to be top notch at that. You know, I think we have enough evidence to sort of support that. So um I would be fine with that. You know, I I I don't think I would hate that at all because they need help there, you know, and I, I think that they like C- they liked Cephas more than I think they thought they would, but that doesn't mean that they like him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I think that that's where I'm at with some of those guys and we'll see where it ends up. All right, so let's wrap with uh we talked quarterbacks and wide receivers and a bunch of other stuff here. What anything you're looking for over the rest of the weekend uh, as these on field drills happen that uh Lions fans I guess should be paying attention to? Yeah, I think the edge the edge all the edge testing in general, like we talked about that when we were doing the, you know, that that could be the one thing that maybe tweaks your opinion about too. You know, if there's another if there are more guys that are opening your eyes, you know, with I didn't realize he was that fast, or I didn't realize he was that whatever, um, you know, deeper down the list, then I think that maybe can change the math too, right? Because every time we've gone through the exercise, it's like, okay, well, let's not take an edge this time and see what happens. And you're like, oh, God. <laughs> and you're like, well, yeah. now we are screwed a little trickier. because there's yeah, right. no one. And so, like, if I, you know, if someone changes your mind, I, I think that's maybe where I'm looking at a lot of those guys. Like, I'm still looking at, for the Lions right now, same thing as last year. It's still your athletic traits, your freaky, you know, guys that can just go win, win one-on-ones. Like, you know, Ben Johnson said it about the red zone, but it still holds up everywhere else. Like it, their offense still had this the, the right, same old problem yeah. of, you know, we can't get anything done between the 20s either because we can't win. So, you know, that's that's still what you're looking at at the end of the day. And hard to make bad picks when you're doing that um, as long as you're prepared and everything else. And so far it seems like this staff uh, at least is in good effort in that area. Yeah, and uh, that was what Brad Holmes said about Hutchinson the other day too during his press conference. Like he, let's see him compete and let's see him put down some yeah. of these numbers. That yeah, let's see him do it. <laughs> this is the other thing. Colleges now hold their so they have. We talk about the pro days all the time, but they most of them now have the like rising junior yeah. whatever. Pro, I don't know if they're called pro days, but they have. It's basically the same thing, right? They, they put do them yes the, yeah. drills the drills and then like. Yeah. Like Michigan always tweets out these ridiculous numbers, like yeah. Hutchinson two fifty ran a four one and ran through a brick wall. And you're <laughs> yeah, like, let's okay, see well, him do it. Right. That's yeah. not that can't be right. But so I think that now you're trying to see. Okay, well that's what yeah. we've been going off of these numbers from last year yeah. for this entire scouting process. So let's see, is that really what he is? And not just for him. That's the same thing. Like I like said, most schools now are doing this where they right. are letting NFL teams in. A year see early to guys. see guys. Yeah, and right. uh, so how do they look compared to what you've been going off of for the whole year? And if Hutchinson number, like if he's way slower or he's not moving laterally as well as you thought he did for the whole year, yeah. this is what Brad Holmes talks about for the combine. Like you're not yeah, this making is decisions off of it, but you need yeah. to verify everything you thought about it's these guys. Correct. So it's one a way or the other. And good I think that's what and I think that it's good that it's back as much as you know we whine about the combine being annoying sometimes. <laughs> it's good that it's back because it, it, it that's true. It's that's what we lost last year. You know, yeah. there wasn't competition. You know, it was self you could be a self-starter, but I mean it was not like it is here. When the bright lights come on and you're out there, you know, you know how it is. I mean, these guys it's you know the fans don't see it, but when we're out there and you're right next to a guy before he's gonna go do something, it's like this is his whole life on the, you know, the line here, and everyone's watching. So it's confirmation yeah. about is he what I thought he was, and can he do 
the things that he needs to do when everybody's watching, because if he can't, then this conversation's over. Yeah. And, like that's totally what you're looking at here. So you're confirming with the top guys. And then I think for me, it's, you know, looking to see if there's other edge guys later that are more interesting than maybe I thought otherwise. All right. Well, so we'll, uh, I'll have some more stuff from down here uh, over the next couple of days. We're, uh, We'll have our next round of our mock draft next week to yeah, we'll see week. if anything feels different for us after watching this. Yeah. Um, should mention, if you don't have a subscription to theathletic.com yet, you can get our show ad-free on the app. But you also, I said Dane is well, was sitting next to me. He's off talking with someone now. But Dane Brugler's draft guide drops yeah. about a month. And it is, I mean, it's worth the subscription on its own. Uh Hey, so, how far along is he on the uh, completion process? You want to quiz him? He left like his laptop open. I might just download all his files onto my computer before I bail. Um, uh, well, I'll tell you, folks, we, you all know that is worth the subscription alone. Yeah. Dane's book. So, and it is a book. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so you can get head over to theathletic.com, get your subscription. I'll say thanks to yeah, uh, absolutely. our producer, Kent Garrison, was also sitting here and... Uh, I don't see him anymore, Kent, but he Kent, was here. Kent left you too. Oh, well. <laughs> I came to Radio Row and everyone bailed on me, but uh, I get to sit here by the nice athletic uh, banner on the Boom. table. Um, there you go. But yeah, thanks to Kent for everything he does to help us with the show here. And thanks everyone for listening. Make sure you go you know, rate us, review, subscribe. Um, if you're not an athletic uh, subscriber, make sure you find us on Spotify, Google, Apple, wherever else you listen to podcasts. And uh, we'll be back. What do we got? We got it's not even two weeks till free agency, so I guess we'll have something Ooh. between now and free agency to, guess, to yeah. set that up and, and see yeah, we'll the come back into the combine. We'll do something heading into that. So uh, yeah, about to get real busy, busier I guess in the NFL here. So um, hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.